Hey, this is WWE Hall of Famer from the Legion of Doom Road Warrior Animal, and you are listening to the St. Louis Podcast Network. Get ready for a great show. Tell them, Hawk! He's one half of the Road Warriors and the Legion of Doom, the most successful tag team in the world of professional wrestling. He's held the AWA, NWA, WCW, and WWF titles. He snacked on danger and dined on death. He's Road Warrior Animal, Joe Laurinaitis, and this is the What A Rush Podcast. Now, here's your host, Joe Roderick. And welcome on into another episode of the What A Rush Podcast. I am your host, Joe Roderick, joined alongside the WWE Hall of Famer, Road Warrior Animal, Joe Laurinaitis. And Joe, I know you've been uh, traveling a heck of a lot, but I'm sure that you are happy to be at your home right now. Man, from a crazy WrestleMania weekend, Joe, to going to Columbus, Ohio for a couple of days, coming home for another half a day, and then I got to go to Indianapolis tomorrow, Friday. It, it's it's been hectic, man. But hey, how crazy was WrestleMania weekend? I it's my the first one that I ever got to experience, and I, I guess holy shit would be the the, the right uh, the right way to <laughs> describe it. Just from every little thing that we did during that week, every little thing that I got to do during that week, some of the people that I got to meet and hang out with, and seeing your interaction with all the fans, just so so much of it was so well, freaking you know, cool. I think- I think, Joe, one thing the fans you experienced, I think you got to see it firsthand, that, yes, it costs a little bit of dough to go to WrestleMania, but you, if you have nothing to do and you're bored, you got an issue. Yeah. There's something to do every day, all day. Oh, absolutely. And in a city like New Orleans, there is, you know, I know they're trying to make it in destination cities. New Orleans, I think when you think about New Orleans, it's like, okay, we're going to go there and we're going to drink. We're going to get drunk. But I went on a ghost tour. I went on a uh, I, I went on a cemetery tour. There was plenty of stuff to do. I know what we talked with Billy Gunn and his wife. They went to the swamp with ZZ one, one day. You were supposed to do that, too. Yeah, man. I was, I was surprised. I saw ZZ, man. I, said, I told him. I said, listen, man. I said, First of all, ZZ, I said, I love your shit. I think you're great. I said, I don't know why WWE cut you. Maybe it's the fact you didn't want to work out or something. I said, man, but what a great natural. I mean, he is the original Bray Wyatt, uh, you know. Yeah, he is. You know, but I think the, you know, I think he did come off as lazy on the show, and I also think Bray Wyatt has a few, a few. You know, it's not just the last name; it might be the first name and the last name that that kind of help out Bray Wyatt yeah. getting to where he's gotten. Yeah, you know. Listen, I mean. Not everybody, if you look through a list of wrestlers throughout the years, not everybody's going to be a buff guy that gets in the ring. You know, you know, look at Buzz Sawyer was built like built horrible, and he was a great wrestler. Dick Murdoch looked like crap. You know, and they were great wrestlers. So there's no, I mean, to throw a guy out like that, what he's got natural charisma and personality, to me, I think it was a big mistake. 
Yeah, and you know what? To see him at WrestleCon, to see him still in the wrestling circle, it you know it gives a guy like that hope. It, it, you know, it, it might not be over with, and I would imagine a lot of people saw him and you know to get somebody like a you know Billy Gunn wanting to keep in touch with him and go see his uh, go see his swamp. It's I would imagine that's something that's pretty cool and might you know keep his foot in the door. Yeah, man, he called me uh, early in the morning and wanted us to go Monday. That I just didn't have time to do it, you know, and came packing up and get ready to leave and go back home and catch a flight. There just wasn't enough time. Yeah, it, you know, what time is you, you really do have to map out everything. I, I learned so much. I said this coming back. I don't think I have to go to Monday Night Raw again after WrestleMania, but I never want to miss a WrestleMania again. It was so, so cool to be there. And like you said, if you have the money, if you have the means and you're a wrestling fan, it's freaking awesome to do, and I, if you have the means to do it, do it once in your life. Well, yeah, man. I mean, listen, to be quite honest, none of the other pay-per-views throughout the year can touch uh, WrestleMania. It's, uh, it is the equivalent to the Super Bowl of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. And I've, no. I realized this last week, I have now been to... <laughs> I have now been to the big four pay-per-views. I went to SummerSlam when it was Indianapolis back about 10 years ago or so. I got to go to the Royal Rumble and Survivor Series when it was here in St. Louis, and now I've gotten to go to WrestleMania. So I've been to the big four, and what I experienced last Sunday is it's nothing. It compares nothing to that. I mean, for as big as SummerSlam is, it's been in L.A. for several years, and now it's been in Brooklyn for the last several years. Even that, I can't imagine touches even comes close to what we what we saw this past Sunday. And we're going to get to yeah. the card coming up you know, in, in a bit, too. The, the, the people remember the first, you know. And I think that uh, when we did SummerSlam 92 and when we stayed in London, that it was a record-breaking crowd, and it was, it was a trendsetter, man. I, I, you got to picture this. On all four sides of the ring, they had six 12-foot screens on all four sides. So you had six, 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 24, 12-foot screens. And it was so freaking loud and monstrous. It was ridiculous. And this is what this show, this is what this WrestleMania reminded me of. The the lights and the colors of New Orleans, the purples and the golds and the reds. It It was really a spectacle, man. Yeah, you know, you, you've brought up that, that SummerSlam a few times. That is one that I have not watched yet. I need to go back and watch oh, it. Oh, you got to see it, bro. Yeah, and I think you that's... You hear the people chanting, it's crazy loud. Yeah. It's, it's crazy loud. That's going to be... That'll be a watch-along, I think, in a future episode that we do come come SummerSlam, the time SummerSlam rolls around, and we'll have some uh, we'll have some fun with, uh, with that one, especially with the names involved in that. Too and your relationship with the names involved in the in the you know main event of that too is pretty cool. Hey, uh, before we get to more WrestleCon stories, I, I fail to do this so many weeks. I fail to read emails. I fail to get stuff from the listeners, which there are many many ways that our listeners can reach out to us. Whether it's on Twitter at What a Rush Pod, whether it's at Facebook What a Rush Podcast with Road Warrior Animal Joe Laurinaitis. Or if it's via email at Road Warrior Podcast Podcast at gmail.com. So many different ways to get in touch with us. But this one 
hit me, and this one is one I have to read. Because, Joe, I saw you interact with people of all ages, of, of all types at WrestleCon, and there were so many people that came up to you, and you could tell that it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience to get to meet one half of the Road Warriors. And we got this email uh, on the Facebook page from a, a listener named Dustin who said, not sure if you read these, but I wanted to thank you. WrestleMania weekend was rough for me. You taking the time at the airport and giving me an autograph turned my entire weekend around. Super cool of you, man. So that comes from Dustin. I don't, I, I'm sure that you, you remember signing autographs at the airport when you saw, uh, when you were noticed there. So I wanted to pass that along to you. Yeah, man, listen, you, you, know, Joe, you, you really got to take care of, take care of your fans no matter what, you know, and, and your fans, whether you're at the airport or you're kept where you're in the john going to the bathroom, you got to say hi, you know, you got to be nice. Right, yeah. I think at one point this weekend I was pissing next to the Nasty Boys, Scott uh, Scott Hall, and Jake Roberts all in the bathroom at the same time this uh, this past Jeez, week. What a crew! What a crew that no, was. God, you're but telling hey, me. You know, you know, back to the podcast. Back to the podcast, you know, I mean, we got the listeners got a lot of great guys in the future coming up here, man. You know, with uh, talking to Stone Cold Steve Austin, mm-hmm. talking to uh, Kenny Omega. Yeah, who's a, a, an up and coming rising star in the wrestling world? Up and coming, I, I mean, say you know, best so in the like, world. Huh? I say Kenny Omega, man, best in the world, man. He the show he and Cody put on this weekend was far. I mean, that was, might have been the best match of the weekend. It's one definitely to go look at, Ring of Honor wise. It it is, man. But here, but here's my take on it, Joe. Before you put a you put a title on a guy in the best in the world. You got to put more time in than a couple of years, and you got to because it takes so long to learn this business. That every day's learning experience. But I tell you what, it shows, man. He's got a good heart. He's a great student. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the ring like with a guy like Cody Rhodes, Cody's awesome. I mean, he learns one of the best. I mean, his father. I mean, Dusty was one of the best performers ever in wrestling. So you know that helps a guy like Kenny get over strong. And of course, Kenny knows what he needs to do to get over anyway for being in Japan. So, you know, he's not just going to sit there and lay down. So yeah, man, it's, it, I heard it was a great match. I didn't get to see it, but, uh, you know, he's one of the great top stars that we're going to be doing a podcast with. Like I said, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, you know, we're going to have to do some other guys. got to get Billy Gunn, badass Billy Gunn on this thing, get it done with, you know, so. You mentioned, yeah, other ones that we interviewed. We have in the can with uh, Flip Gordon and Punishment Martinez, both Ring of Honor stars that uh, that we had a chance to sit down with and interview at WrestleMania weekend. We'll be playing those interviews in weeks to come. Sean Mooney also will be on the uh, on the podcast coming up. Um, Great and, to see Sean Mooney again. Mm-hmm, and uh, you you did a little. Uh, you, I, you and I both, I guess, uh, his WrestleMania podcast. I guess you you know he talked to you a lot, and then he held the microphone in front of me to pitch the podcast and uh, let people know where where to find it. Uh, but it was cool to meet Sean Mooney, and uh, we saw Sean Mooney a few times this weekend. We'll get into that a little bit later. The other one, the stories that I wanted to tell from WrestleCon. The one of them, okay. The interaction, I think, as a fan, there are some guys in the business that kind of get a bad rap for things that have happened, the things that you know, some choices they have made in the over the years, some things that have happened, some issues they might have had with addiction. And I think one of those guys is a guy like Sean Waltman, X Pac. 
when I went over there. Oh, it, was great to see, it was great to see Sean, man. I was yeah. happy to see him. He's a great guy. He's so respectful of you. And then Larry Henning comes over and he drops everything. He goes and he he insisted he needed a picture with Larry Henning. And I think not only does that show his respect for the business, but also you guys are all Minnesota guys. Yeah, man. I, you know, when I saw Larry, I said, Dad, you know, that's the first thing I said to Larry when I saw him, you know, and, and of course, you know, Larry's 82 years old. He kind of looked at me and I didn't really know if he remembered. And then when he saw me talking to Gene, he looked at me, he, 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 you know, he gave me kind of the, the gun handle hand, you know what I mean? <laughs> like the shooter. And he knows, you know, oh, hey, shooter. Because, you know, he, he Larry Handy knows the guys that used to shoot a little bit in wrestling, you know, be right. a little bit rough and tough. And <laughs> yeah, man, Larry, Larry was the original, one of the original Road Warriors, bro. I mean, he was, he started a Road Warrior crap before Hawk and I even started. That it was cool. Yeah. And it, you know, like I said, I think Sean Waltman gets kind of a bad rap, but <clears throat> to see the respect that he has and also see the shape that he's in now, too, that it's you, you yeah. can tell that he is a a guy who, you know, is is trying to get back on the right track. He was also at the Hall of Fame sitting there at the uh, at the Hall of Fame to see his friend Jeff Jarrett get uh, get inducted. Yeah, yeah, Sean's a good guy, man. He, you know, it is what it is. He makes a bad decision in his life and went down the wrong path for a while. And hell, who hasn't gone down the wrong path once or twice? You know. Yeah, uh, one guy too that it was awesome to meet and hang out with, and I ended up in a van, a shuttle van, with him twice this weekend. Was the living legend Larry Zabisco. Now, our older fans are going to remember him from his AWA days. I remember him as one of the voices of WCW and his feuds with Eric Bischoff and Scott Hall. But, you know, when he made the Hall of Fame, you go back and you look at everything he did before then, his battles with Bruno San Martino. And just, oh, uh, bro, he had some battles with Bruno, man, in that Pittsburgh area because that was a, that was a, with Mario Savaldi and that, that was a huge territory. Those are the guys that broke in the uh, Shane Douglas, man. They broke in, they broke in the franchise there. Really? Guys. And uh, that's how Shane got his roots started in that territory. It was, it was, it was great wrestling, and you know how did you go wrong? You wrestled Bruno San Martino. Come on, you gotta be something if you wrestle Bruno. <laughs> it's yeah, just uh, being there with him was really cool, and uh, uh, getting to meet and talk to Scott Steiner. Uh, two of the days you were you were sitting there, you well, shared a table. Or, I'm sorry, Rick Steiner. Words. Rick Steiner. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, Rick Steiner. He 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 was talkative. He was cool to talk to. Scott Steiner. I was terrified to talk to. Yeah, Scotty's always got the don't ask me look on his face, so you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, I was watching Impact uh, Wrestling earlier tonight, and they were showing highlights of the uh, Lucha vs. Impact, and you and I went backstage quickly for that the other night, and I don't know if you remember when we walked in, uh, Scotty was recording a promo backstage that they used to air on Impact this week. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, he he came back. He's in Impact Wrestling now. Uh, in a he'll be uh, tag teaming with Eli Drake against uh, Conan's oh, group that the LAX. Yeah, yeah, that's when you were making fun of him for his, the size of his arms. <laughs> so yeah, he, he was re- that was like I don't know if it was before or after that he had to cut a promo for uh, for Impact Wrestling. 
uh, prior to uh, prior to that. I don't know if you want, you know. I'll get those rubber bands and start working out. <laughs> it, you know what? There was a lot of drama too at WrestleCon this uh, this weekend between, and I know you commented on it on uh, on Facebook. But there was a uh, uh, the story has kind of made the rounds on online and whatnot, and it re- definitely made its way around WrestleCon. An incident between Jake Roberts and uh, Davy Boy Smith or Harry Smith, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's uh, listen. Yep. Easy to talk about a guy when he's not here. You know, have some respect. The guy's been dead. You don't talk crap about him when he's gone. And that's Harry's dad. And I don't think I don't know what kind of reaction he expected to have. What Jake was trying to get out of it, but you know, sometimes it's not all about doing what you feel like doing, and you have got to respect for people. Yeah, it was a uh, you know, it's one of those. It, it brings kind of the drama to it. I don't think it was a work of any sort. Uh, I think there were some things that were works this weekend that were done, but that definitely wasn't, and. To uh, to see the way that that went down and to see you know the, to see the aftermath of it was, you know I, I guess that's that's part of the you know one of, one of the downsides one of the negative things of the business. Yep, it is. Hey, how about the live podcast we did? Yep, I was just about to get to that yep. one of the <laughs> yeah one of the highlights of the weekend. We have been telling you for weeks that we that we had a few surprises coming your way during WrestleMania weekend, and figure that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably also listen to something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. That uh, the podcast that has taken the podcast world by storm. And we were uh, backstage for that event, and Bruce decided to, you know, kind of talk himself up a little bit, talk about the Bruce Pritchard pop that uh, that they got when they were talked about at the Hall of Fame, the brother love pop that he got at Raw 25, and was trying to, you know, pass it along as, you know, the Road Warrior pop should be renamed after Bruce Pritchard because of those two incidents. And you were backstage with a microphone and decided to come out in your face paint. And if God, I, I don't know how the House of Blues in New Orleans still has a roof. Yeah, it was loud, man. That's that's the thank God and God bless the fans of the Legion of Doom, bro. Because that's the way it was every time my music plays and they hear Hawk go, what a rush, and they go crazy, man. And you know, all I had to do is go. L O D, and you saw how they erupted. You know, it it was insane. I stuck around for the rest of the show. I went and grabbed some uh, grabbed some beers and left. And you uh, you got out of there after being on your feet all day at uh, at WrestleCon. And I can tell you, they brought out Gerald Briscoe. They brought out Eric Bischoff. They brought out JBL and Hornswoggle and Shane Helms, and nothing. Nothing compared to uh, the the Road Warrior pop that uh, that you got to kick off the uh, the the live podcast, the something to wrestle with live show at the House of Blues. It was it was absolutely incredible well, to be a part of. I think of. so. I think that's one reason why I'm not anywhere near WWE right now. I mean, even in the past when I did the Raw 1000 show, I wrestled Heath Slater. I got a louder pop than the the, the World Title match. You know, so I mean. And they, they, they're not going to want that from a guy who's, like, not even really wrestling in the ring that much. You know, and, and it's 
it's just one of those things, man. The fans love what they love, and they like seeing what they like to see. And you know, you should you should really give that to them as long as they want to see it. Yeah, it was uh, it was incredible and another uh, fantastic uh, fantastic thing for the uh, you know event and the uh, and the weekend and all of the stuff that we uh, that we accomplished. But we'd uh, we'd be remiss if we uh, didn't uh, mention that also this weekend we uh, we did a trial run and recorded the first episode of the Housewives of the Squared Circle and Joe you were there firsthand you you're going to be the one that's going to have to report to all these other husbands and let them know what their uh, what their wives are talking about and possibly getting them in trouble for because oh, I'll uh, tell you what, man. it was awesome bro you you heard it, it was no holds barred and when the wives get going they can go in and they have a lot of topics to talk about, you know, and uh, it's going to be very good. It's going to be very informative. Um, they really want to rely on the fans to write in questions and segments that they can work on and, and do for them. And, uh, you know, I think we'll have probably, you know, three or four shows in the can to get it done. And then that way when fans write in or, or call in or however they do it, you know, email in, then that way they could uh, have that show prepared that week yep. for that, you know. Yeah, uh, Housewives of the Squared Circle with your wife, Kim Laurinaitis, Billy Gunn's wife, Paula Sop, Al Snow's wife, Jessica Sarvin, and Shane Helms' wife, Karen Helms. It's uh, where we are in the process now. We we recorded a, uh, we did a trial run, possibly our first episode while we were in New Orleans. And uh, Joe, I got to tell you, I'm in a group text right now with those four women. And I don't say much, and they just they they text as stories and ideas, and then they just run with it. And we probably have about five or six episode ideas already, just through text messaging with with those four women. And it really is going to be no holds barred. And I'm I'm afraid for what this might become. Oh, I think it's going to be huge. You wait. I think it's going to be picked up as a reality show. Um, it's such a great concept. It's a great idea. And uh, these girls, these wives are just, you know, all in for it. And uh, some of the stories they're going to tell behind the scenes, what it's like to live with someone like us and what it's like to have to be mom, have to be friend, have to be confidant, have to be everything, you know. And it, it, it's, it's a great deal, man. And what they're going to deal with with everybody else on the road. You know? Yep, that and uh, that and them bashing ring rats, I think, is also uh, a, a comedy in itself. Oh boy. <laughs> no kidding. It, it should be the housewives of Decon. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, yeah, that's that's everything that we have coming up and everything that we did this uh, this past week in New Orleans. As you can tell, we were very very busy while we were uh, there. So what we're going to do is take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to recap WrestleMania 34 and uh, the Raw and SmackDown following that right here on the Water Rush Podcast. This is Andy Hanselman, president of the St. Louis Podcast Network. How would you like to be part of the What A Rush podcast? Sponsorship opportunities are now available and more affordable than you would imagine. Wrestling podcasts are the hottest thing going in the podcast world right now. Some being listened to by hundreds of thousands of wrestling fans just like yourself. If you would like to get in on the ground floor of the What A Rush podcast hosted by Road Warrior Animal, please contact Joe Roderick at Podcast at gmail.com. 
Have a WWE Hall of Famer promote your product to other loyal wrestling fans and see what these guys can do for you. Joe, I forgot to tell everybody, man, that this Saturday in Carthage, Indiana, I'm at the Carthage Community Church, and it's going to be freaking wild, bro. It's uh, Guy Lombardo and the foot soldier, Big Jim Carmichael. Taggy name is K-Town. And what's great about this thing, Joe, is they got a kid zone that only little kids can sit in and watch the show. And there we go. This is the Central Wrestling Federation Group in Carthage, Indiana. And uh, the guys are great. I'm going to be there Saturday. I can't wait to look forward to the show. And it uh, doesn't matter if you're a Christian, non-Christian. It's just being held in the church. It doesn't matter. So everybody come on out to Carthage, Indiana. All the kids come out to be in the kids' zone. Come take pictures with me, the Hall of Famer, Road Warrior Animal, and Central Wrestling Federation. Oh, what a rush. So WrestleMania 34 this past weekend in uh, New Orleans, uh, as we talked about in the opening, Joe, my first experience into uh, into WrestleMania. Now, did you did you wrestle in what you wrestled in three WrestleManias and then you guys appeared in an interview at the one in Indianapolis? Is that right? Yes. Yes. And I, I gotta say, I think it was WrestleMania 13 was the was the one in Chicago where you that was I, I what I think famously remembered uh, for Stone Cold versus Bret Hart the submission match where the glass came you know the 316 glass came crashing down and you guys were in the Chicago yeah. street fight that was the set you know that was the stage at WrestleMania 13. It's come quite a bit yeah. <laughs> quite a bit of a ways over the last 21 oh, years. Yeah. And you guys, you know, where, well, first off, where did you watch it from? Uh, WrestleMania. I watched it actually in the bar of the hotel I was staying at the Hilton Garden Inn. Okay, yeah, and so you guys. I, I actually, I actually, I actually was there with a one of the vendors. I think it's out of Minnesota that does the T-shirts and merchandise trucks for WrestleMania. Really? That's a group of people I was with. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. They were huge wrestling fans. Some of the guys from from Minnesota, and I was talking to them about it, and you know, and, and they had it on time delay, which was kind of funny because as people were coming in from WrestleMania itself, they were yelling at matches, "Bad! Don't waste your time. Turn it off. It was a piece of crap." And it was funny, man. It was what well, you could have you could have booked it any better than that. Really? So you guys, man, you guys were watching it late then. If people were coming back, that's crazy. That's you guys had a uh, you guys oh, had a late was, night. It was it was it was late, man. It was late, but I tell you what, I have to give my hats off to Hunter and Stephanie. They made Ronda Rousey look like a million dollars, and Ronda Rousey did a phenomenal job. I, I think for her first her first time out, I think she looked great. Uh, she was very aggressive, very. MMA like, you know, and I think that's the way she needed to be. And um, now the hard thing is she's going to have to follow that every time she's on TV. Yeah, and if we're if we're starting with that match, the I will I'll be honest with you, I wasn't looking forward to that match at all as a fan and seeing. I, I wasn't either, man. I thought it was going to suck. Right. I thought, I thought oh, this is going to be the drizzle and shit. That's why I, I thought it was going to be really suck. It ended up being one of the best matches of the night. 
I, 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 my, my theory going into that match, Hunter always has a good entrance. I wanted to see his entrance. He came out on the bike, and you know the 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 calv- cavalry of bikes, and then. Uh, I wanted to see Ronda's entrance. I thought Ronda's entrance was pretty cool with the smoke and her bouncing back and forth as the fighter. And then the reaction that she got was incredible. I, I thought, I said, okay, you know what? This match is going to suck. I'm going to go. You know. Well, the booty shirt, the booty shirt didn't look bad either. <laughs> I, I still, she yeah. needs to find something because it looked like she was playing with those and it doesn't look, didn't look like she was comfortable wearing those. Well, when you're when you're a, an Olympic athlete, man, I, I, think of the change you have to go through when you wear like an athletic type gi, and then you're fighting Ultimate Fighter, and you're wearing really tight stuff. Maybe that's what she should wear—an Ultimate Fighter type stuff. You know what I mean? She had all different color Ultimate Fighter type stuff, but a girl can't help it when they got those kind of shorts on. It's gonna ride up your rear end. You move, kick. Spread your legs a little bit. It's riding. Yeah, and so it, unless you don't want that, you're gonna have to put on like a bike short type thing, you know? Yeah, and maybe that's just something. I mean, you can speak to it. Is that is it something you just kind of get used to over the years? Yeah, man, those tights are really weird at the very beginning. They're very restrictive, and you got to get used to them and break them in and everything else, you know? Yeah, and uh, so I, I thought to myself, this is, you know, I'm going to go I'm gonna go use the bathroom, I'm going to go to the concession stand, I'm going to go to the WWE shop while this match is on, because I figured everybody in the building would be, want to watch Ronda. And I was right in the aspect that I was one of maybe three people in the WWE shop when that match was going on, and I got back to my seat and was able to watch the end of the match, and now I've also watched the match on TV, and I really... I'm well. I'm, I'm happy that I got all of my stuff and didn't have to wait in line, but I do regret not watching that whole match and giving you know giving the respect of watching that match because it was so freaking good. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, listen, it's historic. You know, what I mean, you have you have a former UFC champ like Brock, no different than what Brock did. You know. Yeah, yeah that, Brock lost before Brock lost before he went back to WWE. I mean, Ronda did too. And look, I mean, she's what set the, the sport apart. You know, Brock going from pro wrestling to fighting back to pro wrestling. I mean, it's who does that? You got to be a superb athlete to do it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about Brock coming up in, in a bit. Uh, what are you? I mean, how do you feel about the fact that they? Uh, and I know you've talked about how great the match was, how good of a job Hunter did laying out the match. Would would Hunter have been the agent for that match, or would it have been somebody else? I would bet that Hunter had a big hand in that match. Okay. What are your? That, that's my guess. What are your thoughts on his on Ronda's first female opponent being Stephanie? Not one of the not one of the superstars, but the boss's daughter. Well. I think it works good because Stephanie comes off like a real bitch and she's a cheap shot and Hunter's always there sticking his nose in and Hunter's a perfect heel. So, and it worked out perfect in that aspect, you know? Right. For Rhonda, because they're trying to get Rhonda over and, and quite frankly, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but what does that say about the rest of your company when, one of the bosses and his wife has got to get in the ring to get one over because they got more heat than the guys that are wrestling. That doesn't say much. That means they don't have enough good, good heels. 
Yeah. You know? Or they're not giving the guys enough steam to really people hate them, you know? Yeah, and you know, maybe it was maybe it's a year too early for something like Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Maybe that's what maybe that's what oh, WrestleMania yeah. thirty five is gonna early. be. I mean, mm-hmm. Charlotte was tailor made for Asuka. I mean it was you know, it was a very, very highlighted match. Um but yeah, I would I would, I would say Ronda's gotta climb that ladder, man. She's gotta climb that ladder. She's gotta beat some you know, she's gotta find a few Baileys in there and a few girls of that caliber, and then all of a sudden you get somebody with with a championship, you know? Right. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Uh, what would you think? Let's just let's. I mean, let's look ahead. Let's let's fast forward uh, 360 days in New York next year at WrestleMania 35. What if Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair was the very final match to go on at WrestleMania 35? Well, you know, it very well could be a girls' match in the very final. I mean, I would be surprised in New York City if they did it. But even so, I think Charlotte and Ronda would be a great fit. You know, I think it'd be a great match. You never know. I mean, hell, Nikki Bella may be champion at that time if she comes back. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you just don't know who's going to be the champ. Asuka could have the belt. Ronda could take the belt off Asuka. Right. You have two people in there, two people in there that submit people. Yeah. And you, but you talk about the names on the marquee. I think Flair and Rousey. That'd be uh, that'd be something else if you uh, if you saw those two yeah, names. Yeah, name wise, that's the ticket right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're saving it. Maybe they're saving it like a place like New York City. Yeah, that that would be. You know what? If that's you know all these you've seen, you've seen the women's rumble, you've seen the women's elimination <laughs> chamber, you've seen the women's hell in the cell. Why not? Why not make a you know women have the women main event to WrestleMania? Speaking of the women, what happened to that Royal Rumble anyway? Was it just like a bunch of like nothing? The uh, you talking about the the Battle Royal? Yeah, they had a women's <clears throat> Battle Royal, right? Yeah, it's it, it that I you know I saw bits and pieces of it, and the way it ended Did was you get popcorn. I I think I was, was just that your, was that your popcorn and bratwurst match. I did not eat. At all, once I was inside the Superdome, the only thing I did, I, I I rarely drink soda. I gave up soda when I was eighteen, so fifteen years ago, I kind of stopped drinking soda. But they had yeah. those collector cups, those WrestleMania collector yeah. cups, which look kind of cool. So I bought one of those with soda in it, and I got a refill of it as the night went on, just to get some sugar in me and keep me awake. So I did kind of go against it for that. So I drank some soda, but I did not eat anything. I did not buy any concessions there. I just went somewhere before and uh, before well, and after. I'm sure those brats would have been like ten bucks a brat anyway. Oh yeah, that's I, yeah. Did not feel like spending the uh, the money on that. But what they did yeah. in that match, they had Bailey throw out you know throw out the final person or who she thought was the final person, but oh, yeah, somebody had you know only gone under the bottom rope. And that person who they brought back in wasn't a heel. Bailey, super white meat baby face. They had Naomi come in and eliminate her. That's that's a spot right there that you want to get heat on somebody, right? Bailey's in there celebrating. Nothing, nothing against Naomi. You and I have talked about this. She is not going to draw you any money in the ring. She's a great wrestler, great filler match. She's not a world champion type girl. Yeah, she... I'm sorry. I hate to say it. I'm being honest. You know, she's 
You got to look at her following. You got to look how many hits she's got. You got to look how many butts she's putting in seats. What's, what is her add, adding to the show mean, really? Yeah, she she has a cool entrance. I think she was better. I think she was better with her tag team partner. You know what? I can't. I I, you're talking the Funkadactyls. Yeah, I think those two girls yeah. together were a great tag team. Yeah, I like I like her entrance, but I just it didn't feel like the spot for her in that battle royal. That well, that that entrance, I like it, but that whole outfit looked way, way, way too much. You know. The glow in the dark she outfit. Those, she almost looked like one of those dancers on Star Search. <laughs> oh, there's a guy trying to dance on Star Search to get picked up to go to Vegas. You know, you're, I think you're dating yourself a bit with Star uh, Search. Group from Bosnia that just won that does the same shit. <laughs> um, let's stick with the women. We're we're on a roll here with the women. You mentioned Oscar. We've talked Flair, Charlotte Flair. And I know that you have thoughts on both Asuka and Shinsuke Nakamura, but they did end Asuka's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. They had her tap out to Charlotte. So as a fan, you know, anytime you see a streak like that end, it's it's big news. But at least they did it to somebody who they can trust and they can actually put over as saying she ended the streak. It's not somebody that is going to flake out and not be around in six months or so. It's... You know, probably the best female wrestler, maybe of all time, in Charlotte. Listen, it doesn't hurt anybody that's the main event there to lose a match. Um, Hog and I lost plenty, and it never hurt us. Even though people never believed it, it never hurt us because we always say we'll get the guy back again. Oscar, the reason I don't like it here's why I don't like it because it's so obvious that they needed opponents for AJ Styles with Nakamura and they needed a, a, a partner for, you know, Flair to have Oscar in there. And they went to, they went to Royal Rumble and they both lose. Mm-hmm. It's just so see through it kind of an action that I don't know why they had them both lose. One should have lost one or the other, but not both. You uh, both are going to lose the same night. You had mentioned, you had said to me uh, that you didn't think fans, that Japanese fans would, would be a fan of that, right? Is that is that your thought on that? Well, yeah, man. Listen, you get the Japanese fans now in your back pocket because you got two Japanese wrestlers. Finally, I mean, the last Japanese wrestlers that, that were involved in the WWE or F was, you know, Masa Saito, you know, uh, back in the day or, <laughs> you know, or... or you have Master Fuji. What do you? But you don't have any. You don't have any top Japanese guys that were wrestling. I mean, Tenru did once in a while. You know, but still, he would either wrestle full time. These guys are full time. As you bring these guys back to Japan, it's selling out just for them being there. And that's that's kind of what I was going to ask. With them being the only two Japanese stars right now, I believe they have a couple in NXT. Right now, I think they have yeah, some I that saw are. That. Yeah, I saw that. <clears throat> right, uh, but those are you know those are the two main event ones on the WWE roster. Does it matter if they're winning or losing because they are they're not going away from the main event and they're still Japanese stars? In uh, NXT? No, no, no. The, the Shinsuke and and Asuka. Does it? I'm asking uh, if it matters. I don't think, I don't, listen, I don't think it matters because listen, Flair's not a 
Johnny come lately and either is AJ Styles. Mm -hmm. AJ Styles is a great performer. I'm sure Shinsuke probably took 90% of the match and AJ won, you know? So it probably, it didn't hurt Shinsuke at all. Yeah. And probably didn't hurt Asuka at all. She's in there with Flair and they did some great shit, you know, that that reverse suplex thing, whatever she calls it, the top rope that Flair did to her was freaking phenomenal. Yeah, they, she did another suplex from the top rope onto the floor. Oh God, that you know, one looked I mean, like it hurt. Yeah, I mean, she uh, Charlotte does some really good shit, and and uh, Oscar was right there with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a great. That was probably highlight wise one of the best matches of the night. Yeah, I, that it, that that move, that suplex from the apron to the floor, just I, God, that looked like it hurt so much. I mean, that it looks like it yeah, hurts man, when the I'm guys do you, it. There's no way to make the landing on the floor easy. It just really knocks the wind out of you. How thick are the pads on the floor? Because back when you wrestled, I mean, well, those were not existent. They're only like an inch, only like an inch and a quarter thick like pads. It's a regular like a wrestling mat type pad. So, I mean, it, it, it hurts, man. It, listen, even when you get slammed into those tables or that, you know, the, the Mexican announcer booth gets destroyed all the time, you know, or the international one, you, you can't, you, it's hard to fake it. Yeah. You can gimmick on it, but it still hurts. Jeez. You can't account for monitors breaking, microphone stands breaking, anything breaking to jab you and cut you. You just can't, you know, you're, you're rolling the dice every time you do it. Jeez. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, I got to say, one of the things that was most over all freaking weekend was Rusev Day. I, I really oh, feel... Rusev Day. I love the gimmick, man. It's... I love the Rusev Day idea. Whoever did that idea is a freaking genius. It's so you know? It's so stupid, but it works, and the fans love it. And I really think that, you know, Bullet Club shirts, far and away, the number one selling shirts I saw this weekend. And when it came to an individual yeah. wrestler in the WWE, I really do think that Rusev Day shirts outnumbered everything else, whether it was Seth Rollins oh, or yeah. Finn Balor. They sell like crazy, man. Yeah. And I mean, we got our Water Rush podcast day shirt, you know, and, yep. and, and it's great. You know, I mean, it's named. It was done after the Rusev Day. It, it's 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 such a good idea, and you're right. It is a stupid idea, but it's over like a million dollars. You, right? it's something so you go, can't go explain. It. It, you can't explain it to anybody. What is Rusev Day? It's every day, right? Yeah, <laughs> and and the guy wrestles his ass off. Now, he's a guy that you could have win the title from anybody, and they would go crazy right now. And yet, they didn't have him win the title, the U.S. title, in the Fatal 4-Way. They gave it to Jinder Mahal before they head back to the Middle East in Saudi Arabia for the Greatest Royal Rumble coming up. I, I imagine, is that I mean, is that why they did it for, for that? Because, you know, we yeah, saw... exactly. They, they, need, they need to have a guy that's from that area with the title. Yeah, I you know I, I I I guess I didn't get it. It's you know he's it's such such an over thing right now, but you know what whatever it's not going to stop maybe, being maybe, over. Maybe they got a tour. Maybe they got a tour plan in Russia, and Rusev Day he'll win the title before he goes to Russia. That you would know, you never know. That would uh, that would definitely work. It it really would, and uh, you know that 
that was uh, you know, that was one of my biggest, I think, upsets. The thing I was upset with the most about WrestleMania was that Rusev did not come away with the U.S. title, but hopefully they give him a nice little push here in uh, in 2018. Well, th- the thing that I heard, Joe, that the people that I was sitting with were so pissed off about, and the fans coming in, was the Undertaker Cena match. You know, I love I love both guys, but fans came in and said, "Don't watch it; it's too short. It's done." Yeah, that I wonder. You know, first of all, Undertaker's a friend of yours. What did you think about the shape that he was in? I, I think Undertaker looked good. He looked like Taker. You know, uh, it's hard to tell. He's got a lot. You know, got elbow pads on, gloves on. He's got tights on. You know what I mean? Taker looks like Taker. I mean, I've seen him bigger before, but who cares? You know, um, I think he's in better shape than I saw him in TV about a month ago. I'll tell you that. But uh, listen, he's Undertaker. That entrance is second to none. But I think it's just getting to the point where eh, people are going, oh, well, I don't even really know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I yeah. Taker. Taker is a phenom. I mean, you answered as a fan. What did you think? Okay, so you've you've made fun of me for it plenty. I've I'll make fun of it for I'll make fun of myself for it. I'm a mark when it comes to the Undertaker. I I the Undertaker's great. He's a yeah. great guy, great performer. But for that match, I mean, hats off to John Cena. He total businessman. Did what he had to do. And, you know, that way, if Undertaker sails off in the sunset now, he did it with a win. And do you think that was it? Or do you think maybe that's something they set up and he, you know, they give one more match? Because it was announced Undertaker's going to be in the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. And I, I well, don't they know. Need, they need them. They need, they need them over there. Well, they need 50 people for this freaking Royal Rumble, and they only have 20 names so far. He's going to be wrestling a casket match with Chris Jericho at this. They are, they are coming with the big dogs for this thing. But, yeah. you know, he's, he's not done. He's not retired. He's still going to wrestle. And I think that, you know, can his last match with WWE be in Saudi Arabia? It has to be at WrestleMania, you right? Know, I, I would love, to, I, man. I would love to be on that show in Saudi Arabia, man. That would be awesome. I think that would be a cool place to go wrestle. I've never been to Saudi Arabia to wrestle like that. I think it's going to be record-breaking crowd. I think it's going to be huge. I think it's going to be great. I'm sure it's not going to be unlike Kuwait, Bahrain, Qatar, Abu Dhabi, all the other places I went. You know, I saw my, hey, I saw my good friend Ali Marafi. From Guitar Pro Wrestling, he was there, man. Awesome to see Ollie. But Ollie, where's my trophy? Where's my Guitar Pro Guitar <laughs> Pro Wrestling trophy? He handed them out to Sting and other guys. Where's my trophy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I, I guess you, you got to go there first, you know. Right. But I, as far as that match went, I, you know, we, I, I got to see an Undertaker entrance at WrestleMania. I was happy with that. The fans got to see Undertaker and John Cena in a ring at WrestleMania, which has been asked for for years. I, I think if I'm not wrong, Joe, was that the only match that had fire the whole night? Oh, that's a good question. I, I'm i trying to think if I there think was... I think it was the only one that had explosions and fire all night. 
There were there were fireworks at other times. I know because they they you know Goldberg had his fireworks and his explosions. They had a few other times where I, I think Brock had his explosion for his entrance. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think that might have been the only one with fire, but for some reason I thought there was one other person with with some sort of flames, and maybe maybe I'm just thinking of Undertaker twice, but. You know, they they yeah. hey, at least they had pyro for you know they they did that for WrestleMania at least. Yeah, yeah, no, and that's what makes Raw anticlimactic. Um, yeah, and so that you know that was you you said you were with fans that were that were upset with that, and I I think I was too much in awe to really be pissed about it. Yeah, they didn't like it. They thought it was way too short. They used to see Undertaker do 20, 30, 40 minute matches. I mean, he went eight minutes, which is, you know, by the time his entrance was done, it was like three minutes in the ring. Yeah. Well, it was basically, you know, seeing so it laid down for him. But, hey, it's Undertaker. And, you know, I listen, I can't complain about it. I mean, I've had tag team title matches where, like, it's been an express to beat him in 15 seconds. You know, Power and Glory, I wrestled over London, England for in a, in a match at a pay-per-view and beat them in five minutes you mm-hmm. know so it's you know i can't complain about it it's, it's business i made undertaker look good he is the phenom of the company and it is what it is people got to learn just to suck up and go <laughs> that uh that probably brings us as we've really been jumping around the card quite a bit here i think that brings us to the brock lesnar roman reigns match it was announced early in the week before WrestleMania that Brock had signed a deal with UFC. Dana White announced that that Brock was going back to UFC, and the fans booed Brock. The fans booed Roman Reigns. The fans didn't want to see Roman Reigns win the belt. The fans were pissed that they thought this was Brock Lesnar's last match in the WWE. And I, I think also... The fans were getting restless. Some of those fans had been in there since three o'clock, and too long, bro. Yeah, too long. It I should end that whole thing on the battle royal or something. You know, listen, the you can only. I think that they're getting tired of the fifteen suplexes to be the guy. I think they want to see those guys wrestle. I don't think it has anything to do with Brock, per se, wrestling himself. I think it's the point of the fans not having a clear-cut baby face and a clear-cut heel. Yeah, that's why I said it was the optimal movement for Paul Heyman to get on there. Like, listen, okay, hear me out here for a second, right? You know there's like three or four of the Samoans waiting in the wings to come join wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. Rikishi's got a couple more boys. Samu, his old partner from the Samoan SWAT team, has got kids. There's other cousins and other stuff. There's about five Samoans ready. If Roman Reigns would have attacked Brock or those other Samoans would have hit the ring on Brock and Heyman would have turned with Roman, then go to your UFC, Go! You don't belong here in the WWE. We're going to have him win the belt. He's going to be the champion as that fights off that belt. We don't care if you like it or not. And turn Roman heel, bro, that would have been money for Brock to go to the UFC. When I'm done UFC, you know what? I wasn't going to come back to WWE. But these fans here, I love the loyal fans of, of, of the WWE universe. And I'm going to come back to kick your ass. Yeah. I mean, that's. To me, that's that's money. To me, that's a money angle. 
I uh I I think a lot of folks were were expecting a Heyman turn at uh, at some point, but regardless, Brock won clean middle of the ring. Roman was was bleeding like crazy. I I didn't see. Were you able? I haven't gotten that far yet watching it on TV. Have you been able to see what caused uh, Roman to bleed? I I've even watched the match. Oh I, man! All I saw were the suplexes. Yeah. I saw a rerun of those suplexes. I got to go watch it back and see how exactly it was anyway. I can tell you exactly when he started bleeding, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, we, we, Brock winning was, I think, shocked most of the crowd. I, it really did shock the crowd. Like, okay, so he's going to stick around. Maybe he signed a partial extension because it was announced on Monday that Brock and Roman are going to be in a cage at the Greatest Royal Rumble. So maybe they thought it was only a three-week extension, but I think word's gotten out that Brock had signed a multi-year deal. So he's going to be under contract with WWE and UFC now, which I I think is great, and I, I think you know, you've know you talked about it too. I, I personally think it's great for both sides. Yeah, man, the fans have got to just chill out and respect the fact that an athlete can compete in both. He can compete in the UFC, which is a total killer thing to compete in, and he can compete in the WWE and still rise to the level to be worthy of a championship. Mm-hmm. It's good for both sports. The fans get all bent out shape. Well, I don't want a part-time champion. You know man? It's a bunch of keyboard warriors out there, and it really starts to make me sick and starts to piss me off that all they want to do is get on the keyboard and give their opinion. But, you know, opinions in general are like assholes. Everybody's got one. <laughs> and you got all these keyboard warriors giving their opinions who have never worked out a day in their life, who have never wrestled a day in their life, but they're telling you the match sucks. How do you know it sucks? Were you in the ring? Did you do what they did? Do you know what it's like to take that bump? Have you taken 15 suplexes? Have you hit your head on the canvas or the pole or the table? No. And these keyboard warriors go out there and give their two cents and their opinions. I can't believe none of the wrestling fans are listening to these guys. On top, and that's what that's how the, that's how the, all it takes is one bad apple to start those kind of rumors, and next thing you know, you got a whole bunch of monkey see monkey doers out there and piggybackers that want to jump on the they want to jump on the freaking keyboard warrior train. And know? on top of that, I mean, it takes away from the work that somebody like the Miz has done for the past year with the Intercontinental well, the, title. The Miz, is, the Miz is a great entertainer. Hey, listen, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and you know, as well as I do, I hated the Miz a year ago. Mm-hmm. I told you, I said, I think he's worthless. Until I watched him on the, uh, I think it was the Big Brother house or what was it, Champs versus Stars or whatever he was hosting. He did a great job. His segments in the ring have gotten phenomenal when he's doing the talk show segment, and he's a good performer in the ring. And I think having Maurice back helps him. I think it helps him more than hinders him. And uh, man, I was—I thought the Miz was, was is, is a top-notch performer now. You know. Yeah, and he brought a lot of you know he brought a, a lot of attention to the Intercontinental Title too. That you had Seth Rollins yeah, and Finn a, Balor a going title. for it. Yeah, a dead title. He made it. He brought it back to life, you know, which is good. Yeah, go go look and at that. Mm-hmm. That should be the title that Rusev has is the Intercontinental, which is you have a foreigner with the Intercontinental. 
And they have the uh, the, the superstar shakeup starts this Monday. So we'll uh, you know next week when we talk, a lot of these guys are going to switch over from one roster to the uh, to the next before uh, before Raw comes to uh, St. Louis on uh, April twenty third. You come into that Raw with me, Joe? You gonna uh, you just gonna show up and no, see if man, people recognize you? Jessica's gonna bring my grandson Jacob down. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm the one that got her tickets to it, not, uh, not your brother. I, I'm the one yeah, that. Yeah, what's wrong with my brother, man? My brother, <laughs> I hope my brother's listening. It's, my brother stuck up rear endies and touched somebody back. I checked him three times. He didn't even text me back. Well, his wife was texting my wife. Kathy was texting my wife Kim, <laughs> and then uh, Jessica sent him text too. And he doesn't answer Jessica back. Heck, I text his son Zach, and Zach texts me back. I don't know what the heck's going on with my brother John. I, listen, I know he's busy, but. You can't text your own brother with WrestleMania weekend? Huh. <laughs> you know, and Jessica's hoping that she can get, run backstage with you guys, go backstage and meet some of these guys. And, you know, my brother will take you around. Listen, if you, if she gets a hold of them, Joe, you can get there early, eat dinner with everybody, and then go right to watch the show. Right. No, that's... Your son can go in there. Your son will go back there, too, man, and meet the guys. I know. You, know, you never know who's going to show up. I know. Well, we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe if Johnny Ace decides to text back his niece, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Hey, Johnny Ace, John Laurinaitis. <laughs> yeah, the Johnny Ace was a dynamic dude guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's funny, man. Hey, so oh, I so listen, listen. I heard, I heard that you ran into one of the greatest managers of all time in the Air Force. I was going to uh, I was going to lead up to this by saying that I went to Monday Night Raw, which I, to me I want to go to WrestleMania every year. I went I I'm fine that I went to Raw after Mania once. I don't ever have to do that again. I'm fine with getting on the airplane the next day and going home. That's that it's that's a cool lot with of me. To see two days in a row. It's Bro, that's, oh. that's like almost two fifteen hour. That's like a fifteen hour day. I mean, when you go, I, I went to Ring of Honor on Saturday. That was awesome. I went to WrestleMania on Sunday. That was awesome. I mean, some really really big stuff had to happen at Raw for me to really you know look back at that and go, okay, that was worth staying. It just didn't happen. But in that, the Authors of Pain debuted. On Monday Night Raw with manager Paul Ellering, they go out there, they have a quick squash match, they win, and then as they're going up the ramp, they tell Paul, nope, you stay here, we don't need you anymore, and they walk to the back, and you know, people are pissed that they just fired yeah, you know, Paul well, Ellering. I'll tell you what, I watched that match, I was not impressed with the authors of pain, and I say that because when you See them in pictures, standing there with Paul on the stage, and when they're not moving around, they look so freaking menacing, right? Yeah. You have to live up to that look a thousand percent more when you start acting and getting in the ring. And I did not see that with them. And of course, I'm sure they're probably thinking, hey, we got to walk so far up the ramp, and they're thinking that, I got to make sure Paul doesn't, you know, we tell him no and all that other crap. But it wasn't like, I mean, I don't know, man. I really was impressed with it. And, and to me, I think it's a mistake. I think, I think there was a lot of mistake stuff going on the whole weekend with tag teams. First of all, yeah, it's cute and it's adorable. You bring some guy's kid in the ring to be a tag team champion with Braun Strowman. But I think it was way out of line. I think you killed the tag team championships for that belt. 
I don't think that's fair to Cesaro or Sheamus to have to do a job like that for a kid. And I just didn't like it, man. It just goes to show you that you can grab any kid from the audience and beat tag team champs. Now, listen, Cesaro is 6'4", 6'5", about 240, 250. Sheamus is a 280, 90-pound guy, about 6'4". Not little guys. Not little guys to be shamed like that. You know what I mean? That's just my opinion. What now, did it make it got, better? You could have, listen, you could have got the same new cost with James Ellsworth and brought the kid in early. You know, listen, how funny would it have been if James Ellsworth would have been the guy you bring in for your tag team partner? Right. You win the tag team titles with him, and then you have Ellsworth try to lift the little kid up, say hi, celebrate the championship, and you can't lift them up, and then Strowman's got to help lift him up on his shoulders. I mean, that would have been funny, you know? Are you are you happy uh, that they re, that he gave up the belts the very next day? Strowman? Yes. Are you happy that he relinquished the titles the next day so they're not going to no, be out there defending have, it with a ten year old? He should have. He should have. But on the biggest stage, man, in the of the of the year, I just don't think you do that to people. I, I think you 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 could have had any surprise guy in the audience, man. Look at all the surprise guys you could have had. You could have went to WrestleCon and grabbed anybody and the people who love to be in his partner. Uh, so getting back to... Al Snow, you know, you know and Al Snow, the Billy Gunn, the Japanese guy. Hell, you could have grabbed me and I would have went in there for three minutes. You know? <laughs> Should have been in or, attendance, or you, raising you, your hand. God, yeah, how great... The left, left, right, as long as it was the left arm, it would have been good. How great would that have been if they're scrolling through and they're walking through... <laughs> You're just standing there unplanned, and Braun Strowman has to walk past you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you. You want to be my partner tonight? Yeah, sure. Let's go. You know. So, but, you know, but, and that's the only part of liking them. The Austin's a pain. I think it's hard enough for them. They've come a long way, but they've not come as long as they should have. And Ellering is the consummate teacher, man. And it just goes to show you when you look at the roster. You don't see a manager for tag teams. No one. No, they're. I, you I, don't see them. Whatever Dana the Brooke is, one. I mean, that's. But that's not even a manager. She's there as a, as a statistician, I guess. Yeah. Well, the last one of the manager was Ellering and then uh, and uh, Master Fuji. Man, they. You know, that that's how long it's been <clears throat> for a tag team that had a manager that was that over. They don't put managers with tag teams in the WWE, bro. It's a singles business, and that was proven by the way they beat the tag team champions really with one guy. And now they fired Ellering, and they're going to try to let these guys get to push by themselves. All right, so let me yeah, tell okay. you. So I get to the airport on Tuesday, and the first person I see is one of the members of the Authors of Pain. And I'm like, God, that's a big dude. I see the other one. Oh, yeah, they're big, tall guys. <clears throat> yeah, I, big guy. I see the other member of the Authors of Pain up there at the gate, getting his ticket for the plane, checking his bags. And then I see Paul Ellering with them. Tell me how that would have gone over back in 88 if you well, fire your no fire your manager. And Paul, Paul wouldn't have been anywhere near them. But I'm sure those guys flew... Orlando from Orlando together mm-hmm. and they're probably going back home to Orlando you know where they live and uh, you know Paul's got to go back there and get all his crap to move it back to Minnesota you know right 
Now we should mention I because I did talk to Paul Ellering. I, I I talked to him and introduced myself to him. He was asking about you and uh, how our weekend was there, <clears throat> and said that you know he's like, well, I got some time on my hand. He's like, so if you want me back on the show, he's like, I'll do it. He wasn't sure what his future held. He wasn't sure what he was uh, going to be doing. But I just I'm well, thinking of that. They're smart. <clears throat> if they're smart. They let the uh, of the pain have a run. And Paul needs to develop another team to go after them. Would you be mad if Paul teamed with the Revival? Huh? I said, would you be pissed if they brought Paul back and put him with the Revival? The Revival, you know I think you'd be great with? Who? The two big guys with the, with the, hat, with the sledgehammer. The Bludgeon Brothers? Yep. That would, yeah. <clears throat> He could use his deviant mind for those guys and just take them above and beyond where they ever could go. That would be pretty cool. But I just, I'm sitting there, and it was after he walked away that I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, God, kayfabe is. The revival is not good enough for Paul. (laughs) I know that you were going to say that. I wanted to get a rise out of you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking of what you said. Well, you're freaking kidding me? <laughs> and nothing gets nothing gets revival it gets Tweedledee and Tweedledum there. No way, you know. <laughs> uh, but I, I was just thinking. Well, listen, I'm, listen, this is a funny business. Yeah. You saw you saw when I went over there and I took a I took a photo with the two guys in the Boulder Club, right? The Young Guns, I think it was, right? The Young Bucks, yeah. Young Bucks, they're tiny. Yeah. You put you put them next to me, and they're, I can decide each one of them the size of one of my legs. Right. You know, so I mean. I mean, it's just great, but the people love them. They love them in Japan. They love those guys. And it's not hard to sell a lot of young, you know, uh, Bullet Club t-shirts when Pro Wrestling Teams is pretty much only bought Bullet Club t-shirts with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> good for them. I mean, they're, it's over. It's an over gimmick. I'm proud of those guys. Happy for them. I mean, that's the way it should be, you know? Yeah. So, I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy to probably one of the most over indie gimmicks ever. Easily. Easily, yeah. Easily. Maybe Kenny Omega. Both are fucking like have so invented themselves that Kenny, when he goes to WWE, someday he will, he'll get a hell of a paycheck when he goes. Yep. And if he doesn't, they're stupid. Yeah, that's um yeah, I just I, that kid will draw you money in both countries. So uh, yeah, that was uh, that was my weekend. That was your weekend. Uh, that was uh, that was our experience down in uh, down in New Orleans. As uh, we we wrap up this episode of the Water Rush podcast, uh, so much that we just went over the uh, over this time. Uh, next week on the show, so you're going to Indianapolis this week. Where are you? Do you know where you are the following week, or is that something we're going to have to go to RoadWarriorAnimal.com? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in Butler. I'm in Butler, PA. On Friday, and then Saturday night, I'm in Detroit, Michigan, with Knobs and Sags and Jimmy Hart and I think Sting and Ted DiBiase and a bunch of the guys. I think Steiner's on the card. We're in Detroit, Michigan, uh, for a uh, for an event for a Legends of the Ring event, Legends of Wrestling and stuff. So I'm there on Saturday, and it's gonna be a great time. And uh, I have a busy two 
two weeks coming up, but I'm actually busy now, right from now through the end of June, pretty much, or yeah, pretty much so. That is, uh, yeah, you can find that schedule at roadwarrioranimal.com, the new website that we have launched. Uh, you can find the podcast there. You could find the uh, link to Pro Wrestling Tees on that website. You can find Joe's schedule on that website. And soon we will be uh, making it available to you to send out to buy autographs from Joe there as well and get those uh, personalized and mailed yeah, out man, to if you. They, if they want to have bookings, you know, contact the website. You contact me there. You contact me at bookforwrestlers.com. You can private message me, but you got to do it quick, man, because I'm getting all filled up all the way into July now. And, you know, and a lot of, I know there's a lot of great fans out there. We're getting ready to get out of school pretty soon, so fans are going to have a lot of time on their hands. And, uh, man, to do it while I'm available, because I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this. I got, you know, I have that business in West Africa going on, and I'm getting ready to rock and roll with that here pretty soon again, like I did before. I disappeared for four years, right? So, I mean, it's my time to give back to the fans, so come on out. As you know, Joe, I take pictures of the fans. I don't know if they use their camera. I, I sell eight by tens that they have, and they get to put on the wrestling shoulder pads. I think I'm going to start screwing together the ones that they have the skull in the pads itself, the newer ones I got, and uh, bring them around on, the, on, on tour with me so the fans can put those on and take photos. Sweet. Well, yeah, everything that you just mentioned, roadwarrioranimal.com is where you can find everything. As Joe, we wrap up a, another episode here of the Water Rush podcast. Take it home. Yeah, hey, it's been a great episode of Water Rush podcast with my co-host, Joe Roderick, and it's me, the WWE Hall of Famer from the Legion of Doom, Road or Animal, and we just hammered through WrestleMania, and the WrestleMania week, including Raw and SmackDown. So, in the words of my partner, Hawk, oh, what a rush.